welcome back to a, another episode of Everyday Impact. I'm your host, Michael Anderson, and uh, specifically welcome to the last episode of season one of Everyday Impact. I don't know if it's a season or more of a, a round, first round of uh, episodes and interviews. What a cool journey it has been for me. I am filled with gratitude for all the guests that have come on and, and shared their messages. So grateful for all of you listeners. If you are new, this is your first episode. Um, I hope that you will subscribe and go back and listen to the other interviews. And we'll be back um, with more episodes, hopefully here in the next few months. Like I said, I'm taking a break to work on some other projects that I've got, kind of in the pipeline, working on some online, an online course and community. Um, I'm also working on some children's books with a friend of mine um, and just kind of just uh, children's books geared towards helping parents teach their kids about uh, values-based living and mental health principles and practices just in a kind of a fun and sometimes quirky way with jungle animals and all sorts of fun stuff. So, uh, like I said, some other some other stuff is coming soon, and so just need to take a break to work on that. But um, welcome to this episode. I'm grateful that you're here, and looking forward to sharing this interview with my LinkedIn connection turned friend Brian Segre. Uh, and let me tell you just a little bit about Brian as we're jumping into this uh, as we jump into this interview. Brian um, is just one of the most supportive people you'll find on the platform. Uh, he ha- and has just grown quite the following because his content is engaging and, and has just found a really nice balance and, and way of, of adding personal touch into his content and, and, and returns the favor with being so supportive and, and engages with so many people and really kind of sets the bar for what community is on the platform and so I'm really grateful to have him on the show and to pick his brain. He's got such a great story and and a cool journey that he's been on and he'll share that in the episode. I don't want to give anything away but um, lots of good stuff here and he's got so many cool things down the pipeline for him and so I'm looking forward to sharing this interview with Brian Segre. You know, growing up, I was real close with my family. And so for me, I think some of the best lessons I ever got were from dad. Um, and just honestly, growing up like on the ranch, you know, just old school, you know, we we would work, you know, and before this before the sun came up, that's why. So for a lot of you guys that follow me that see the sunrises and stuff, that's why those are so important to me, because we'd be working before school out on the ranch with the animals, fixing fences, yeah. feeding the animals, driving around the property. And then we'd always stop. Um, at sunrise and my dad would always sit with me and my brother um, and we'd watch the sun come up you know um, and he'd so be cool. sharing yeah yeah it was great and he'd be sharing different stories about life and stuff and then we'd go like normal kids to school and do all that stuff play sports you know have whatever events after school and then come back home and typically there'd be more chores and more stuff to do um it was always those moments like with the sun coming up and the sun going down like starting and ending the day um so for me, it was just, yeah, that those are the lessons that I constantly go back to. I mean, I've been in school like my whole life, but most of the lessons I really remember were the ones that were outside of those four walls, you know? So yeah, I love the idea of the, the lessons that were taught to you at sunset and sunrise, right? Talking with your dad and 
and everything. Yep. Would you mind going there a little bit? What were some of those lessons that came to you growing up that way? Yeah. So, so like a, one prime example for me is, you know, a lot of people have a, in, in modern society, a lot of people have a, a lot of uh, disdain and a lot of uh, disgust for people who hunt. Right. And they think of people who are hunters as people who are sportsmen, you know, and they think of, you know, the antlers hanging on the wall. They think of, you know, the bearskin rug and they think of all this, you know, people hunting for the sport of how many points was it? How, how, how big was the animal? You know, how yeah. big was the fish or whatever? Yeah. And so some of the lessons he taught me early on were like, you know, the animals and the plants and the fish and all this stuff, they're here, you know, not only as a resource to us, but as a learning experience for us. And so I think a lot of the stuff for me growing up was learning respect about animals, about nature, about sustainable hunting practices, mm. about the environment. And that like hunting was a way to put food on the table, right? I mean, my parents yeah. did not have a lot of money growing up. So literally when we ate protein, a lot of times it was because we harvested it out on the ranch um, yeah. or we raised it or they were our chickens or they were our goats or whatever. And so there's just so many life lessons that I learned out in the bush, hunting, um, learning about like the whole circle of life. I mean, that animal literally gave its life so that we could have ours. And nowadays with commercially available meat and all this stuff, you just go to the supermarket and there's big trays of meat there. Yeah. I think people, they just don't understand. Like I rarely eat meat from the grocery store. Um, and so it's just, it's different. Yeah. And I think those lessons, you know, and, and I shared a story about that the other day. Um, and there were so many people that responded to that post and I thought it might be a little bit edgy, but there were so many people that responded to it like positively. And they were like, you know what, when you explain it like this, you know, it would be fun to go learn how to hunt. And I was like, exactly, because people, people don't realize that like the meat you're buying in the supermarket is much more inhumanely killed than the way it's done out in the field. You right, know what I mean? Right, right. So, so right. yeah, so if people had any idea the way that the majority of the stuff that they're actually consuming was brought to the table, they would be like, oh my God, you know? So that, that, that definitely was a big lesson to me, just learning about like the most basic principles, you know? Yeah, yeah, the word... Maybe this is wrong. You can kind of take this in a different direction if if you need. But the word that came to mind as you're describing the life you had growing up versus just the life that so many of us experience now, the busyness and craziness and everything, the word that came to mind was simplicity. Yes. Just like the simplicity to your life growing up that I'm sure was super grounding as a, as a young kid. Big time. Yeah, no, um, for sure. And I think... Uh... I think that it's something that a lot of people take for granted. You know what I mean? So yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, a lot of times in life, the simpler things are the ones that people take for granted, but they really are the ones that, that really matter. And, you know, there's, um, there's this quote that I really like, uh, I think it's Socrates. And he says something like, he is the richest who is content with the least for the content is the wealth of nature. And so mm. when you think of, when you think about it, it's like, yeah, everybody loves to have possessions and loves to have things, right? Like, I'm not going to dispute that. Yeah, but I really think I really think there is um, there is a shift actually in our culture nowadays. Like, a lot of people are going back to this sort of simpler time. You see a lot totally. of people. You see, yeah, you see a lot of people that are more interested in like you know locally sourced ingredients. You see people that are like you know um, they're going bowling and they're going on a walk and they're you know, taking their you know what I mean so you're, you're seeing like a lot I think a shift back towards that I think people are starting to realize especially coming out of the pandemic when people were just stuck at home and couldn't do anything people were playing board games again they were reading books they were playing chess and checkers you know like yeah, they were going yeah. out 
Yeah, they were gardening, they were renovating their their home and doing the work themselves, you know? And so I think in a way, the pandemic obviously like was not anything good per se, but I do think that it did bring some families closer together and people were sort of forced to spend time together. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And I've seen I've seen some really good things come from that, too. You know what I mean? Well, it's interesting because I know a little bit of your story um, and I'd love to get your perspective on this because you you grew up with in such simple terms and simple ways. And then I know your story. I mean, you went to medical school. You're you became a doctor. You've you've owned businesses, right? Haven't, didn't you own? Was it a plumbing business that you ran yeah. or owned or My, our family? Yep. Our family business. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and now you're. You're, you're, yeah, you just, you've, you've taken on so much in life and I'm curious, would you mind explaining how do you, has that been a, a journey for you, a challenge for you to come back to your roots of simplicity at all? And, and what has that journey looked like with all the things you've taken on in life? Yes. How do you keep yourself grounded and, and has that been a, a journey for you to be able to do that? Yeah, this is a great question. So absolutely. So I think this is what's made me sort of rediscover that process. Um, mm. Michael, and so it's a great question. So when I finished, like, yeah, I spent my whole life, like, on this one path to become a surgeon and basically finished fellowship, finished my training, became a surgeon, you know, was one of the youngest residency directors in my profession. And then I'm at the peak of my career, like, totally killing it. My wife had just, my wife and I had just bought a house in DC. I mean, like, we had just put 20% down on a house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And literally within like, two months. I mean, we still had stuff in boxes in the house, right? Yeah. Um, my, my dad lost his second fight to lung cancer and he passed away. And so oh, man. my family had this big business in Texas, uh, plumbing, heating, air conditioning, electrical that had been in the family for, you know, 50 years. My dad and mom started this right out of high school, no degree, no education, just hard work. Yeah. And basically, um, my mom was dated after he passed away. They were high school sweethearts, best friends, like all their circles ran together. Um, and so she basically couldn't function. She couldn't do it anymore. Right. And so yeah. I basically walked away from my career, came back home and stepped in as like the president and the CEO owner of the company. And my brother and I just took the company and it just took off because what was interesting is during the pandemic, since people were stuck at home, a lot of people may not know this, but trade companies just exploded with business. Because if you think about it, Michael, right, all these people are normally gone during the daytime. So they're yeah. not they're not using their hot water heater, their sinks, their toilets, their bathrooms. They're not using their kitchen disposal. They're not using their stuff as right. much. Yep. And totally. now and now. Right. And now all of a sudden people are eating and cooking three meals a day at home. They're shout. You know what I mean? So all yeah. their stuff. It's so the trade business is just exploded. And we were just right there when that was going on. And so the business, you know, every year would double and double and double. And so um, then we sold it. Uh, for, you know, for to a company for a really, really good deal. And mom retired. But what it taught me was, you know, I grew up in the trade business, you know, grew up in a blue collar family watching all this stuff go on. Um, and, and always had a respect for, you know, people who um, have a skill, have a trade and just work hard to put food on the table, um, yeah. and just to live just to live a good life. But then to go through an education, become a doctor, and then go back to that life and get to firsthand. Those are some of the best friends that I've ever made. Now, some of the best, some of the best humans, some of the smartest people that I've ever made or that I've ever met are yeah. literally these 18 and 19 year old guys that have like three kids 
that are, you know, they have no debt. They're not concerned about college. They're plumbers. They're making six figures a year, you know, yeah. and these guys, they're sharp as a tack. They know what they want. All they want to do is be a father. You know, um, they work, they, they enjoy their work, but they work so that they can provide for their family. And it's just, um, it's different to see that most of the people that I worked with when I was practicing, they were working so they could buy a new car, get another vacation home, go on a, you know, go on an expensive trip or whatever, which is fine. Right. I'm not yeah. booing that. Um, but yeah, it was just really nice to sort of get back to those roots where I came from. And it was a, it was a really windy up and down journey to get there, but I made it. <laughs> yeah, you made it. Yeah. You made it there. And I, man, as you're, as you're saying this, I, I thought that I never really thought of it this way before, but do you think it's kind of, do you think it's part of, part of the irony of life of like right now, there's such a, this big push of, you know, self-actualization, live your dreams, do everything you've ever wanted to do. And it's, and it's with this intention of finding fulfillment in life. And do you ever wonder if that message though, ironically just stresses more people out and yes. just overcomplicates their life? I, I think it really does. Honestly. Yeah. There's um, it's so funny for me to talk about this, but there's a lady who's written a lot of books um, and she's become pretty famous. Her name's Marie Kondo. I don't know if you've yeah. heard of her. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so she's got this whole way of life of like, if it's not something that really makes you happy or that you're excited about, right? Like donate it to church, get rid of it. Um, you know, whatever. And so I think it is ironic. People really think that they need so much, but you actually need very little. And honestly, I can tell you from experience that the less you have, it's truly like you will be much, much happier. I mean, my wife and I, we've had, you know, like I had to get all that out of my system, right? As the young, successful doctor, we've had this, we've had that, we've had all yeah. these other things. And I can honestly tell you that I look back on that stuff now and it really didn't bring you much joy. I mean, it's like you have the extra home and the extra car, but it just sits there because you're working a hundred hours a week. So you never actually get to enjoy it anyways. Um, yep. And yeah. I, you know, sur surgeons, we have this funny saying, it, it's a total joke, but I used to tell people, my wife and I have literally the best relationship ever because when I go to work, she's asleep. And when I come home, she's asleep. So, <laughs> so you can't, you can't argue with your wife and get, yeah. into, get into any disagreements if you never get to see her. Right. But it's not, it's not the way to live. And so I think it's it's pretty important to have that balance, but I think that <clears throat> like each person's definition of success is obviously going to be unique, but I really think that as a society, I think a lot of people are finally starting to realize that maybe less is more, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, um, I'm, I, 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 as a curious aside, would you ever want to go back to the farm life? Um, so we've talked about that. And actually, it's funny that you mention it. So since we got back to San Antonio, like three years ago, you know, my wife, obviously, like I haven't, so she was a military brat. She was like born on US soil, but in Germany, she's lived like literally in Japan, Alaska, like Italy, all over. Um, and so I haven't lived in San Antonio for almost 20 plus years. And so when we came back here, we're just renting right now, because that is definitely, I mean, we're definitely looking at property and that that's definitely <laughs> what we want to do. Is like get property, you know, have enough land that we can have animals, a garden, and um, you know, still be connected online because she works remotely. You know, I'm going to be working remotely. Um, but honestly, just be be content enough with what we have, um, and just work the land. You know what I mean? Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. I we will we will move down to San Antonio and help you work the land with you. We'll be right Let's there. Let's do with it. You. Yes. I, um, I think what you're sharing 
today, Brian, I think resonates with a lot of people. Um, I, my theory is that as humans, we are wired to gravitate towards simplicity. And the more we, uh, we, we think we're wired to like achieve more, go, 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 do more, do more. But I think in down in our core, what we want is simplicity in life. And we have a unique challenge now, Brian, because we have notifications hitting us all the time. We have people demanding our time all the time. Like we've never been pulled in more directions. And so would you mind giving your take on if a listener is listening to this episode and being like, man, simplicity sounds great. Um, have literally no idea how to do it. What does that look like? How do I start to simplify? Would you mind giving just your take on how to go about that journey of figuring out how to, how to simplify your life to your core? Yes. So one of the, one of the ways that we found out how to do this and we were sort of, um, I don't want to say forced to do this, but really we, we basically were. And one of the things that I've noticed is we've had to move around a lot with my training, um, you know, different schools, different hospitals. So we've moved literally from like coast to coast, back to the other coast, back to Texas, back to Texas. You know what I mean? So all yeah. over. Yeah. And I have this, I have this process that I, that I talk about where every time you move, you put stuff in boxes, but then you get somewhere and you literally will live in that place for like three or four years. And there's some boxes that you never open. Right. Yeah. Which means, which means that literally what's ever in those boxes, you don't use it. You, you probably don't need it. If it's like family heirloom stuff, like that's different, right? Pictures, photographs, that, that obviously that, that that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. But the yeah. way I look at it is my wife and I will like every so often we'll sort of pretend like we're moving again and we'll say, okay, here's things that we would put in boxes. And we literally haven't used these items like in over a year. Right. Yeah. So if it's stuff that you're not using, like on a daily basis, then like, what do you have it for? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. do you, do you need to get rid of it? I mean, it's up to you, maybe sell it, donate it, give it to a friend, trade somebody for something that you need. Um, and so for me, that's, that's like the process that I look at. So honestly, if I, and my wife is definitely not as, as cut and dry as I am. She's like, no, no, no. She's like, we don't need just two forks, right? We need more than just two forks. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so I'm obviously not telling people to simplify it that much, but honestly, if it's something that you don't need to use at least every week, or if it's something that you're not using like a couple times a year, let someone else have it that may use it more and just, you know, simplify and, and just cut those things out. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I don't know. It's a, that's, it's pretty basic to me. It used to not be that way. It used to be where like, the more I had of something, the, the better I thought that it was right Yeah. And now, yeah. now I would rather have two of something instead of 10. Um, and just, and then when those two things wear out, get another one. Right. But yeah. it's like, you don't need, you don't need 20 of everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, this, yeah, I, um, I love that. And I, I just want to, as an aside, point out the irony that with, with Texas's motto, everything's bigger in Texas. The man from Texas is saying, just get two of it, you know, you don't need right. two of it. But, you don't. Yeah. Um, I am. So I have a question for you and just going off of what you're, what you're saying. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Um, as you're talking through this, one thought that came to mind is this idea that I think sometimes the right to learn how to like love yourself because you're so busy pulling the other directions. I think some people use busyness as a tool to not have to learn how to love themselves. And um, I guess kind of a twofold question for you is first off, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think there's anything there? And then second is how has, have you noticed that this journey of simplicity, have you noticed a, you, you, have you noticed that you've been able to get more in tune with, with who you really are 
and what that what that's been like for you? Yeah, no, that's those are actually really, really good questions and something that honestly more people should be thinking about. And and it's first of all, it's 100 percent true in the sense that you, you know, here's the thing, right? Like people talk about, um, you know, like a lot of people are really big on meditating and yoga and like deep breathing and all this stuff. Like I'm fine with all that. Whatever yeah. honestly works is is totally fine. But I'll tell you, all you honestly really need to do is like put on a pair of shoes, put your phone in airplane mode. Like people say, oh, yeah, I always bring my phone with me because I don't know how they do it. But the fact that the iPhone camera is as good as it is, honestly, it like should be illegal to focus yeah. on the camera, yeah. right? So I carry my phone when I go out on these like nature excursions because I want to have a camera. And honestly, where I live, we've got like rattlesnakes and wild hogs and all sure. kinds of stuff. So you need to be called for help if something happens. You ha yeah, you should. So, so for me, honestly, it's like, you are totally right. We don't really take time to understand ourselves and who we are. And we, we say we do, but we, we, you really don't. Most people nowadays have never gone outside and just sat there literally doing nothing with their own thoughts, like just staring out at a tree or whatever, right? Or yeah. being outside and just journaling and writing about something to just get your your words out. Um, <clears throat> a good old Texas boy, um, Matthew McConaughey, he, he's fantastic, <laughs> actually author too. If you guys haven't read his book, Green Lights, it's probably one of the best books I've read in a long cool. time. Yeah. And he, he, he talks about how, you know, he's, he's getting close to 60 now. And he talks about, you know, how he's been journaling for like almost 40 years. And he has this great saying where he says, I didn't journal or write my thoughts down to remember them. I wrote them down so that I could forget them. You know what I mean? Wow. And so, cool. Yeah. And so I think people, you know, like if I look back through like journals and stuff that I've written down, it's literally like a way for me to purge things out, you know, get rid of the bad juju so that you can keep what's good and what's wholesome. And so I think people, you know, this process of development or self-discovery, you know, people, they still complicate that process where they're like, oh, I read all these self-help books and I'm going to the yep. gym and I'm exercising and I'm changing my diet and I'm learning a new skill and I'm taking an online course. I'm like, no, 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 no. Stop all that. Stop yeah. that. Before you yep. do, before you do any of that, just go outside spend a year, like 20 minutes outside a day, walking in your own head, in your own thoughts, yeah. um, replaying the day before in your mind, spend time doing just that, like learning to see things that aren't there, learning to make connections that aren't there. Um, honestly, and just being outside, you start to see beauty like you never did before. And then after you go through that process, then start to add more things. Because like you said, people go down this process of they think they're trying to find themselves and they think that in order to do this, they need to constantly be doing more and more, right? Learning more and more yeah, and more. Yeah. And it's like, of course, I want to spend my life as like a student, as a lifelong learner. Um, they say, you know, live as if you were to die tomorrow, but learn as if you were to live forever. And so yeah. I definitely agree with that process, but learning doesn't necessarily mean like all of these other things. Learning can just mean letting go of all of that other stuff. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I'm going to, I'm about to botch this quote, but just paraphrasing it that I don't even remember who said it, but that idea of where is all the wisdom that we've lost in information, right? Like, I think that's exactly what people do. Spot they're, on. All these things that they're doing to try and like learn, discover themselves, but there is a, a back door of, distraction it's just more distraction that we're adding on our life and i love what you said of just how simple like how powerful just go out just get your sneakers on 
and go outside for 20 minutes and be with your thoughts. Right. No distraction, complete acceptance of what shows up and, yep. and just be with yourself, man. Yeah. And there's so much, you know, and it's, it's, you know, people will, and it's like anything else, right? Like people will say, Oh, I, I live in a city or, Oh, I, you know, I, I can't do that. It's like, that's fine. But then there's other ways you can do it. Right. Like I've even told people you can wake up in the morning a half hour early and you can find a quiet spot in your house or your apartment, or you can find a park or whatever, or maybe it's, you know, you get to work, you leave a little bit early and you just sit in your car quietly yeah. for like 30 minutes, you know, with the window down, let the air come in, whatever. So there's ways that, you know, if you don't have a park or the outdoors nearby, there's still ways that you can do this. But I, totally. I'll tell you, man, I mean, there's, it, it, there, there's just nothing ever for me, like all the formal education I've done, all the self-development stuff I've ever done, you know, all these other things I've ever done. There's nothing more humbling and more like empowering than even going outside and just chopping wood, right? Like just, totally. just, just doing something um, or like digging a ditch or just sitting outside. I mean, there's so much that you can be, that can be learned from these different processes. Like we were talking about, you know, just trying to get down to these simpler ways of, of learning and all of these other things that I've done, they're great. But honestly, I get more out of that time, like that I spend outside doing something totally mundane because when you're doing something that's really mundane, like chopping wood or whatever, um, your thoughts can then start to go somewhere else. Um, mm -hmm. and it's, you're outside, you're listening to the birds, you're listening to the animals. There's like that rhythmic where like every time you chop the wood, like you're probably doing it at the same cadence. So yeah. it's creating this rhythm, right? Which as humans, you know, we're like the original music, like the original music was percussion, right? Like in the cave times or like in ancient Africa. So we're even, we're even connected to that ancestral percussion. So there's so much outside and and even when you're outside with your thoughts and you're walking on a trail and your feet, you can hear your feet hit the ground, like yep. in the dirt, there's just so much out there that connects us to that process. Um, and I just don't think you can get that inside. You can't get that like from a book. You can't get that from any sort of self-development class. You can't get that from meditating. I mean, I understand the process of meditating, but you still like, you can't get that overall experience like you do just being outside. Um, yeah. So and and I think the real of humongous value that you're offering listeners right now is this idea that th there's no like one box that you have to fit this into. Like there's so many different things you can go and do, but if the, it's all about the intention behind it, if if your intention is to just get it done and check off the list, then you're never going to discover yourself. But like like it, like with what you said, you're um you're like it doesn't have to be up in the mountains doing something. Like I, it finally came to mind if you had to go mow the lawn. And if you're like, instead, of, instead of just getting checking off the list, I'm going to use that as a time to get in tune with myself, to simplify my life and really think like things like that. Anything can be it's something, a great, can be a powerful way can. of self-discovery. Yep. That's a great, that's a great example, honestly, of using, um, to fully agree. It's like, you know, it's like, uh, I use the chopping wood one because there's this saying people talk about for someone who chops wood like you, you heat yourself twice, right? So when you're chopping the wood, you're, you're working up a sweat physically. And so you're yeah. warming yourself up yeah. and then later you'll take that wood and you'll burn it for heat or for food or cool. whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, it's, and it's the same kind of thing, like with your, um, with your example of cutting the grass, it's like, you're getting exercise, you're outside, you're, you're completing a task that needs to be done. Um, and then you've got the noise of the machine. And so you can't focus on that. You have to focus on something else and it lets your mind start to wander, which is, which is what you want, because honestly, and this all goes back to being outside, I think, 
um, and this is why I think we, we really appreciate children. It's like kids have this curiosity that as, as adults, we lose, right? But when you're outside with your own thoughts and you're just walking down a trail or walking through a park, your mm-hmm. mind wanders and it starts to become curious. And then that's when you become creative and that's yeah. when you start to solve problems. You know what I mean? Man, I, yeah, just even this love that principle. Curiosity is the first step to creativity. Just allowing yourself Always. to be curious. So cool. Always. Dude, Brian, it's been fun talking with you, man. Thanks. Thanks so much for sharing this message. The literally every time I've had a guest on, they shared a message that this is what I needed today. So thank you for sharing this. Will you mind take, I I gotta let you, I gotta let you go, but we mind just taking two minutes and telling people where, where where can they find you? If they want to learn more about yeah, where can they get your content? For sure. So the best place for me right now is uh, on LinkedIn. That's the only place that I am. I'm also, and you may know this too, I'm in the process of, so I've been published and I've written before, but I'm in the process of writing a book, my first non-scientific book. Um, Whoa, really? Cool. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. And I'm going to do the artwork for it also. So I'm writing a book. I'm big on like philosophy. So this is going to be like the first book written in modern times. that's written like the old style about like a philosophy. It's going to be about nature how to get back to nature, how to interact with your surroundings. It's so exactly what cool, we're talking man. about. Yeah. yeah. So, so when that comes out, people will definitely hear more about that. Um, yeah. So LinkedIn right now. Um, and then I'm building a product right now also. So you guys will be seeing that come out. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely uh, anyone that wants to connect or follow like my door is wide open. So just drop me a line and you guys can find me on LinkedIn. That, let me just put a plug for that. Um, Brian, you are one of the most supportive people on LinkedIn. Like if people want to connect with you, go connect with, with Brian. He, you, you, you engage, you interact, you've got such good content. Um, really appreciate you. And, and I will absolutely be looking out for that book, man. I'll be one of the first people to purchase it, dude. So excited. Awesome. I love it. I appreciate the time. You have a great show. You've got great guests. Um, the format's awesome. And, uh, I look forward to, uh, you know, catching up with you out there on the streets as they say. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot, Brian. Well, with that, we have come to the end of the first season of Everyday Impact. And like I said, I I can't tell you how grateful I am for these um, incredible guests that have come and and shared a bit of their story and gotten vulnerable and and so grateful for you as listeners who have provided such great feedback and are supporting the show and supporting these guests in a big way. And so thank you so much. Uh, like I said, if you're new to the show, would invite you to subscribe and go back through and listen to the other uh, episodes and, and hear from these guests. And, and if you have any feedback for me about the show, about what, if there's anything you'd like to hear moving forward or anything, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. I'm very active on the platform and would love to, to hear from you. But with that... I'll see you all in a few months. Thank you so much.